Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Johnny Lazarus, joined with my good friend, Cody Frankel. As you can tell, my voice, I'm a little sick, so I apologize ahead of time. Uh, unlike Filipino, though, I'll, I'll play when I'm sick. I want to throw a little jab <laughs> in there because uh, I know I know Joe and Sam threw a little jab at Heedle for not playing when he's sick, and we'll get into that in a minute. But before we do talk, I do want to take a second to talk about a sponsor, Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, all capital, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's get into it, Cody. we got a lot of the Rangers stuff to talk about, but have to also introduce our guest who's going to come on in a bit, Vince Mercagliano. Got to give Cody a ton of credit. You got him on here, so I'm going to let you take it from here, Cody. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on, man? How was the weekend? Uh, the weekend sucked. Just kind of laid on the couch and, and rested up. But I got to watch a lot of Rangers hockey. And all the Rangers hockey that I did watch this weekend, they haven't even scored a goal yet. So That is very, very true. Yeah. Uh, I know you're probably going to yell at me when I tell you this, but Jackie and I started this show. Okay. Uh, another show. Inventing Anna. <laughs> so uh, I've heard, Yeah, I've heard good things. Dude, you, you got to check it out. Okay. She was like midway through episode one, and I just like walked in the room and sat down. Hooked. Mm-hmm hooked i mean it is it is crazy it's it's about i don't want to ruin it for you but it's about some girl who, who can't I'll, let me tell you the whole plot right i don't want to ruin it but i'm gonna tell you everything <laughs> yeah some some girl like conned her way to the top of the rich of the rich it was just very very interesting we've watched two uh i think it's only maybe eight or nine episodes but you should definitely give that a quick peep if you can yeah it's so funny because every time someone recommends a show to me i'm like yeah, like, I'll watch yeah, it. yeah i just yeah, i never watch shows man i just <laughs> I, I watch sports till about 11 30 at night and then i turn on family guy and try to go to sleep and friends you just watch friends, friends until midnight um yeah. i'm a comfort and, uh, guy yeah that's great but um yeah to get into some rangers I, I know we had the caps earlier in the week i thought they played i was at the game uh mm-hmm. even though the shots on the goal on goal were one-sided 
And in favor of the Caps, I thought we we outplayed them the whole game. I mean, through the eye test, at least, we had a great first period for once, uh, kept things going from there. You know, we were scoring. Uh, Gallant did some and, and caught some flack for putting Gaudreau on the fourth line and, you know, messed around with things a little bit. I thought it worked out great. I thought the fourth line was one of our best lines on the night. Uh, the third line actually for once played well, too. Of course, they didn't s- score um, but Gautier had a few really nice, uh, breakaways and so on. I feel like he does this every game. So people are like, yeah, that's nothing new, but, um, if you could just finish shots, I feel like that guy could be a 20 goal scorer. I mean, I was just, I was just going to say, we had a funny joke in college, uh, a teammate of mine, his name is Corey. And he would always say that he led the NCAA in almost goals because he would get chances, but he'd never score. So that's kind of like what, what Gautier is. He, he leads I, the NHL in, yeah. in almost goals. I, I tell my friends that he's like Ricky Mendoza from the Mighty Ducks. He just goes Luis, so fast. Luis oh, Mendoza. Luis, yeah, that's what his name was. Yeah, <laughs> Luis Mendoza and just goes full speed, almost hits the boards and just and, and except that guy actually scored, I think. But yeah, um, I got to give you some credit, though. I got to give you snaps because before the Caps game, you did call the Lafreniere goal. I did. I did. I, I, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. Um, yeah. I mean, the caps game was pretty good all in all. And then I thought they played really well against the penguins too. They just couldn't score. I mean, Jari made some incredible saves. They, yeah. they couldn't score. Uh, first and foremost, I fucking hate the penguins. So I was, <laughs> I was annoyed that we lost, but um, I'm just, I don't know, man, I'm sick of Crosby kind of getting coddled like a toddler, uh, you know, in a zero zero game to call that penalty on lingering. I thought it was absurd. Uh, he was just, He's playing tight on it. Like I, I could, you know, I mean, listen, you don't do that in a zero zero game in, the, in was it third period at that point? Yeah, it was right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you don't, you don't do that. You got to let that play out. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think he slew footed him, anything like that. I thought he was just playing tight on the body and, and Crosby ended up going down and no, they up, called the hook. I don't even think yeah. they, they, they had the yeah. hook before Crosby even fell. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was a, a bad call. The, the officiating wasn't that good all, all game, but, um, Igor made some unreal saves. He, I mm-hmm. feel like he's the only Vesna candidate who can lose a game, but his stats will still go down and he'll improve his numbers. Like mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, the Penguins game, it, it's weird too, because I feel like, and I was thinking this to myself, I, I almost tweeted it, but I feel like every time we do play Pittsburgh in like an afternoon game in Pittsburgh, it always just has like a playoff feel. I, I don't know why yeah. that is, but maybe it's because we've played Pittsburgh so many times in the playoffs in the last decade Ever, that it just feels yeah. that way. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like it just it just going into the game, it just felt like a, a playoff vibe. And I also did see like there was a lot of uh, not necessarily hate, but a lot of negative comments toward the ESPN broadcasting, right. um, the camera angles and all that stuff. I wasn't a big fan of the camera angles. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, with that one angle, that one angle that's like the, uh, far above like drone left. looking camera. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking, and I don't know what fan would enjoy that. I I I definitely agree with you, and I I don't think the like the broadcasting was poor. I mean, I I do you know it's just not up to what we're used to. Yeah, I mean Sam and Joe, like we're just so lucky to have those two. I agree, they're awesome. Like they they really are awesome. But as far as the game, I mean, it's the same old story, and we're gonna get into it with Vince. And we kind of joked about it too, me and you, because you know we I don't want to ruin the interview, but we do talk about the five on five struggles and scoring five on five. And we recorded with Vince right before the Capitals game. And of course, the Rangers, I think, scored three four. five and five no, goals. All four. Or, oh, all, all four. four. Yeah. All four were five and five goals against yeah. the Caps. So it's just it's just too funny that, that happened. But then again, I you know, know, it's kind of a fluke. And right now we're back to where we started. And we should note that we are recording this in the first intermission of the Canucks game. So we don't know the outcome of that game yet. It could be, you know, maybe we do score some five and five goals in the second and yeah. third, but right now it's two nothing and 
doesn't look very good. Two nothing. Uh, Georgie and Net going to be a tough one. I, th- I thought that before the game. Um, it's the first time we played them in the season. I think we lost three to two. We're a former Ranger and and our trade target JT Miller buried that in in OT and and they beat us. Uh, this game, I I thought before the game, it has a one goal game written all over it to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like it it was bound to be a one goal game, high scoring game, but. I don't know. Still I mean, could. We, yeah, still could. I mean, we've had some great chances in the first against Demko. I thought they played a really good period until the last 40 seconds. And I just thought uh, Georgie led in a really, really soft goal. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, Demko's made some really good saves. But uh, I mean, that's really it for like the recaps. I want to add one thing quick, actually. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I don't know if everyone's seen yet, but we are sponsored as always by Blue York. And we started doing a Blue York bet of the game. So for anyone who listens that likes the sports bet, Follow along on Twitter, and, and you can see I post the link to the Discord for the Blue York community. Cody and I are both in Blue York. We talk about it. Um, we write in the Discord almost every game when we can. We try to. But essentially, we're trying to pick our best bet for every Ranger game. As of right now, we're 2-0. We started in the Cavs game. We had Adam Fox and Ovechkin to each record a point, which was plus 170 on FanDuel. Obviously, Ovechkin got that late goal, which helped hit, which was nice. And then in the Pittsburgh game, we had the Penguins team total under 3.5, which hit with ease which is circuit net that was on DraftKings. I think it was minus 150 those odds were. And then tonight for the, the Vancouver Canucks game, we have the over five and a half on DraftKings, which is minus 120. But we're going to put out a bet for every Ranger game. We're going to try to win together as fans, whether the Rangers win or not. Hopefully we can all win together uh, and come out with some good juju. But I wanted to say that really quick. Cody, back to you. Yeah, so definitely, definitely a cool idea. And you know, everybody get on the on the bets in the Discord. That'll be really fun. Uh, but speaking of, you know, Pittsburgh and Caps, obviously two division rivals and teams we're probably not too fond on. I, w- I was just curious, what three teams do you hate the most as a Rangers fan? Um, I don't want to steal your thunder here, so I kind of want you to go first because I, I, okay. I know who you have in mind. I feel like every Rangers fan has different opinions. I You know, I feel like the first two two teams or three teams – are probably all the same in, in, you know, some capacity, but for me, I can't stand the devils. I mean, they'll always, mm-hmm. I think obviously watching them grow up, like as I was growing up, watching them win a couple cups, I despise them for that. And they're like a no brainer for me who I hate first uh, for number two, though, we just talked about them. I can't stand Pittsburgh. I think they, mm-hmm. they're probably this team. I hate the second most. I actually saw them. We've seen them win three cups like in our lifetime. So that's pretty tough too. Uh, and then third, I, I really hate the Kings for what they did to us in 14. Like I always <laughs> hate, I'll always hate them for that. And, and, uh, growing up in Boston, like in school, uh, in college, I went in, you know, near there. So was never mm. a fan of them, but I feel like I got to go with the Islanders for the team. I hate third most, just, you know, based on my dad, couldn't stand them yeah. grew up in, in thralling the hate into me. So, I feel like they're probably my number three in terms of teams I don't like, but Boston's probably a close fourth for me. What What are you thinking? So for, I mean, for me dating back to, you know, being a, a middle schooler or whatever, the only team I ever really didn't like was the Penguins. Um, and I, I don't, I don't want to like dodge. I don't want to dodge this question and say, I don't yeah. like any teams, but I've always been a bigger hockey fan than I have been a Rangers fan. If that makes sense. You know, I, yeah, I, no, just, I got you. Like I, I've always loved every player and appreciate every player. I, I did really hate Crosby though when I was a kid because whenever you know, whenever you're a kid, you're you're influenced by like those people around you. And right. I remember going to Rangers Penguins game, and and you know I'll never forget. I was at game four in the 2008 
series against the Penguins. I think we lost in five, but the Rangers won game four, three nothing on home ice. I think Dubinsky had two goals and Yager had one. But there was this guy wearing a scuba outfit running around the and the garden used to have uh, similar to what the Coliseum had. You can like be inside the concourse, like where the seats are, and yeah. you can walk around the garden. So this one guy was wearing a scuba outfit and he had a sign that said, Hey, Sydney, nice dive, 8.7, like rated it. You know, <laughs> that's great. Crosby used to always, like, that's what Crosby was, yeah. man. He would always dive. He'd get every call. Yeah, he like, did he it against like, us ass. the other freaking night. I don't know if that was a dive. I think nope, Lingard was did kind of get him. I don't know if it was enough for a penalty in the playoffs. I don't think that gets called, but. That would never, that, there's 0% chance that's getting called in the playoffs. They're letting that ride out. And I feel like, I don't know. And I feel like we could disagree on this, but I feel yeah. like in that situation, in the third period, in a tight game where it's a crazy goaltending matchup, like you need a clean goal and you can't give someone like a shitty penalty towards the end of the game. And they, that is why two, two minutes after they scored that goal, they called uh, another shit penalty on Pittsburgh to make up for yeah, it for us. Make up but it was yeah. like, it, it was too late at that point, but yeah. All right, I mean, they, were making, they were making a lot of calls the whole game, though. They, they were consistently yeah, bad, of, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, you know? there was so at least they were consistent. Penalties. You know, yeah. it's like the Rangers didn't get their chances. They, you know, yeah, the refs were, were consistent. They just, you know, they called a lot. Um, yeah, and but back, yeah, back to teams I hate. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really hate any other teams. I think it goes like year by year. Um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll maybe like dislike a player, but as far as teams I hate, it, it was always Pittsburgh for me growing up, but now I, I I've actually. Like when I got to higher levels of playing hockey, I just really started to appreciate more of what Crosby does night in, night out. Cause man, that guy, every time he's on the ice too, he has, he's got someone hacking him. Like people are all over him trying to throw him off his game and he still comes out and, and is the best player in the world, you know, yeah. every single night. I know McDavid's probably the best player in the league right now, but as far as our generation goes, Crosby was, you know, above and beyond everyone else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was definitely the best for a very long time. And uh, circling back to what, we were saying before about Shesterkin just playing out of his mind and, and still getting the loss, unfortunately. Uh, right now, as it stands, the Rangers would be matching up with Pittsburgh in the playoffs. So how crazy would that series be? And also, how far do you think Shesterkin can take this team during a playoff run if he's playing like this? Right now, if, if we were to you know play Pittsburgh in the first round, I think they would have home ice right now as far as the standings go. Right, they're uh, you know a little bit ahead of us. Um, no, I think that'd be an amazing series. Obviously, we met for the first time yesterday or Saturday was the first time uh, these teams have met since last year. So, um, you know, if that was a, a telltale sign for anything, I think the series would be amazing, and it, I think it'd be super close. Uh, Jari's obviously been a really good goalie this year as well. After you know having a, a subpar or below average playoff last year against the Islanders, he's really bounced back pretty strong this year. But I would love to see the Rangers play the Penguins. It's always fun when we play against Crosby and Malkin and Latang. I mean, those guys have been doing it together for the last 15 years. You know, like it'd be really cool to. I used to hate Latang so much. Yeah. Hated yeah. him. I, I actually hated Malkin the most, to be honest. Malkin oh, really? Interesting. Oh, he was, he, dude. The Rangers. He was so easy. It was so easy to get under Malkin's skin. He, yeah. That was a, that was a thing that was known. Like players would go out there and try to get him to retaliate. He would take so many retaliation penalties. That was like Malkin's stick when he was. Yeah. When he was a little younger, but obviously he's matured a little bit. Um, the Vancouver Canucks just scored against three nothing. Did they? Yeah, they just scored. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to hit up Vegas tonight and just ship out Georgia right to him. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> for, not good. For sixth, dude. I missed I missed the goal, but I just saw them celebrate. I have it on my phone right here, so I'll let you know what happened. We gotta but, wrap this up. No. Yeah, your next question. Sorry. As far as as far as uh, you know, how far Shesterkin could take us in the playoffs. You know, I I think it's gonna be very hard for him to 
play every single night to the level he's playing at right now, I, like literally just humanly possible. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he's been incredible, but this team's got to score five on five if they want to have any chance of winning the playoffs. It's just, it just, it's not humanly sustainable to play this good. I don't think, and I'm not doubting him. Like I think he's right. incredible, and he's literally a god to New York right now. I just don't see how it's possible for them to make it past two rounds if they can't find ways to score five on five. I, I just don't yeah. see how it's possible. I think I'm right there with you on that one. And listen, Sheshti has been a godsend. He's been incredible. Uh, I could definitely see this team going on a run if they figured out their five on five issues in these last 30 games. Uh, you know, it could be anything from them getting a goal scorer because if you look at this team right now, they really only have two pure goal scorers in Kreider and Mika. Like even Panarin, who he's is a playmaker first for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah, he's a playmaker first. I mean, he has an unbelievable shot and he is he scores goals, but he'll always think of the pass first. And same with Strom and you know, Laffy and Kako obviously aren't there yet. So it's it's something that we'll need to kind of look out for and then see where it goes. But I think we could get maybe one round in with, with Shashti. And then if they make the right moves, who knows how far they can go with him. But I think you're absolutely right in that regard for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like you can't compare him to Vasilevsky. I mean, Vasilevsky's carried Tampa Bay the last two players. He's also won two cups. So it's like, yeah, like, yeah. I, I just like, like he also has, Victor Hedman in front of him, Ryan McDonough in front of him. Like he's had, he's got legit, not that the Rangers have bad defensemen, but like, you know, he, he has some of the best players in the world in front of him and we have great talent too, but you can't really compare Vasilevsky to, to Igor right now. It, it's just not possible. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. But and then again, as far as scoring goes, I know we wanted to dive into this a little bit. Um, I know you're high on the, on the prospects, but Brendan Othman has been tearing it up in the OHL. He's probably going to get 100 points this year. Yep. He's, a guy, he's a guy who knows. Maybe the Rangers sign him when his OHL season ends and he comes up for the playoffs and he makes an immediate impact. Like, you don't know. Yeah. Othman is, and I've, I've told you this for months now, he's the one guy for me who's like an untouchable when it comes to this trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, I'm all for giving up prospects. I think you know how I feel on that. But I think this kid is turning into a really incredible talent. And he's gross. Looks like He's gross. And he looks like <laughs> he's he gross. could be very, very good at the NHL level as well. But I, I disagree because I think they're really going to take their time with this kid. We've yeah. seen what they've done with forwards in the past. And I just don't see him getting called up this year. Uh, if, I, I think there's more likelihood that, that Kraftsoff gets called up this year than, than Othman uh, if, if he ever plays for us again and doesn't get moved. But I do think it's possible for Othman to get called up next year. And whether it's making the team or a midseason call up, uh, I just really think they don't want to screw around with this kid and mess with his development at all. And the kids just turned 19 years old in January. He has, like you said, he could be on pace for a hundred points. He has 73 points right now in 47 games. And I'm just so excited to watch him when he does get called up. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's like really all I have to say about the kid. These guys got 35 goals, which is, is pretty crazy. Yeah, he's definitely not staying in the OHL. He's signing a contract at the end of the year, regardless. It, it's either is he sign, he's signing an NHL contract no matter what. It's either it's yeah. obviously going to be yeah. a two way. You know, yeah. are they going to send him to Hartford for a little bit? And listen, he could, he could sign a contract, go to Hartford for like four or five games, and then get called up. I mean, that's kind of what 
you know, a lot of the young guys have done in the past. I mean, I don't know if Charlie McAvoy, when he was called up to Boston, was ready for the NHL, but he played, you know, one or two games in, in Providence, and then he went right, right to the NHL playoffs, you know? So um, I, I think it could be good for him. And listen, everyone obviously is different. And, you know, we saw guys like Cole Caulfield, who spent some time in the minors last year. They got called up and had a great Stanley Cup playoff. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe they do play him one game, see how he does, then send him down to the minors. Um, I think it's just good for him to have a taste. He's clearly too good for the OHL right now, and it would only stunt his growth if he stays there another year. Yeah. So the kid's going to play professional hockey at some point this season. Um, it's just a matter of how long he stays in Hartford, but he's obviously going to get called up. And that kind of brings me into, you know, what I want to talk about next. I don't, I don't like, listen, I, I played the game at a pretty high level, and I don't like ripping on guys for, you know, maybe not making contributions in the NHL because I could have never done it. But I just don't understand why, Greg McKegg is playing every night. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't hate McKegg. He's, but he's he's twenty nine uh, years old. He's twenty nine years old. They're playing him at center. He has just as many points as Sammy Blay does this season, which is pretty crazy, because Blay has been gone since like the first week of the season. And you have Philip Edel, who sure is not the best player in the lineup, but he's a young guy who you want to see grow. Yeah, he was sick for a game, but why not? I, I listen. I get that the Rangers played good in the last two games, but why not put Hedel back in his center position? and scratch McKegg. It just doesn't, doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, It's tough. I mean, playing McKegg makes no sense to me. He doesn't contribute at all. He's, he's really just a body, right? You just look yeah. at him. He's just a body that fills out the roster. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Heedle fan, but he does have some skill to him. So he's probably an upgrade from McKegg for sure. I think McKegg kind of stinks. I would trade him for Greg, the egg from succession. Uh, I don't, you know? I don't watch that. I don't watch shows, man. <laughs> oh man. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I listen, I think it comes down to Gallant likes this kid for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I'm sure he's a great teammate. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. It, listen, it makes you wonder, Johnny, this kid needs to be taking some multivitamins. And speaking of vitamins, did you know with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality minerals, vitamins, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right? Their special blend of ingredients includes gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and these products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Well, back to McKegg really quickly before we uh, you know, move it over to Vince. I'm I'm watching this game right now. It's three nothing Vancouver. You're a guy who's fighting for a roster spot, knowing the Heatles coming back or or whatever. If I'm Greg McKegg, I'm trying to mix it up and and get you know get the guys going a little bit, get the crowd going, get people involved. We're down three nothing on home ice to Vancouver, who's sure they might make the playoffs. They're not a playoff team right now, but you know get the guys going a little bit. Like if you're not contributing offensively, do something to you know to sp- to spice it up. Um, I agree. I agree. Like, Ring like, the bell. Ring the bell. Yeah, so, something. I mean, listen, I I don't like ripping on guys, and and McKegg's not a bad <laughs> player. He's not. He's no, he's not a bad player. He's just like he's just not doing it. He's not doing anything. Like, 
I don't like ripping on guys, but I hope you stub your toe, Greg. But um, if I were to say something, <laughs> I would yeah, say seriously. Yeah. No, um, but I agree. I agree. You're absolutely yeah. right. This guy needs to do something. I don't understand. You know, I, I like what Galant's doing with this team. I just don't understand some of his lineup like additions and it's just questionable to me. I mean, hedo yeah. has been a healthy scratch the last few days and I'm not a Hedo fan, but it just doesn't make sense why you're, why you're yeah. continuously playing McKeg and as a three C on the yeah. third line, it's, yeah. it's bizarre. And you want Baron to improve and Baron to develop and you're going to throw him on the wing. I, and, and then again, it's so tough to like question Galant cause he's been, he's been great, but these things about, you know, youth and development and, and growing these young guys, bro, I feel like we're good cop, bad cop. I know, but you're not putting that. <laughs> you're, like, you're not putting like them. The angel on the shoulder, and I'm the devil on the shoulder, and I'm just like, oh man. But then again, you have to like, I've said it five times already. From a player's perspective, you have right. to put guys in position to succeed. You're right. You know, if you're if right. you want the best out of your players, you can't set them up to fail, and that that's kind of what's been happening. I feel like with Morgan Barron, like give give the kid a chance. You know, like he he's come in and he's done well. He's looked good in the fourth line when he's gotten his minutes. Like great he's against not, Washington. Yeah, he's not getting a ton of minutes, but he's made the most of his time. Like yeah. you know, let the kid be the third line center for a night when Heedle's not out there. And I know, you know, whatever. McKe- I, I just don't get why McKeg's even playing center. I, I just don't get it. I don't know. I really don't get it. You just like saying his name, Greg McKeg. Greg. I mean, it's a great name. It is a great name. You, you gotta give him that. It is a great cartoon name. character name, but uh, but also just it's just so frustrating with these the five on five struggles. I mean, we have so much talent, and and to see this team just like not be able to figure it out, um, you know, it kind of goes unnoticed too because we have like the fourth best power play in the league, so the power play overshines our struggles. Going down by the day, we've yeah, we we're playing against the worst PK in the league tonight, and we can't even score a power play goal. And we've had what two, three penalties already. It's crazy but yeah i think so we're midway through the second period but you know i think we should send it over to vince mccagliano but before we do that we got one more word from a sponsor nordvpn what's more important than peace of mind nothing and that's what nordvpn is here for to give you peace of mind while you're online and with all the threats that you face today on the internet it is more important it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best vpn you can get NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off of your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's going to wrap it up for our intro. We got a great interview with Vince Ricagliano, so stay tuned and enjoy. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go. This week, I'm happy to welcome on as our special guest and new friend of the show, Vince Mercagliano from USA Today and Low Hut Sports. Vince, how's it going, bud? Good, guys. Let, let me start with a with an apology because I know <laughs> that we've been talking about doing this for a while and might have slipped my mind one time. Another time, got caught up and a little busy, but we're finally making it happen. So I appreciate your patience. Yeah, you're a busy guy. We understand. No, I mean, you know, it's just uh, things get crazy this time of year with hockey season and. I had some family, some good family stuff going on, but a lot of family stuff recently. So it's just been hectic, but uh, definitely happy to talk with you guys today. Yeah, likewise. And I mean, I guess we'll just start off with how's it been like covering the team this year? How have the guys been gelling? Well, I mean, you guys have seen it. The guys are definitely gelling pretty well. The, the season's going great for them as far as the win-loss record. 
you know, I, I know a lot of people are kind of debating. It seems like increasingly with the trade deadline coming up, what are the flaws of this team? Where do they need to get better? And, and there are definitely things that we can talk about, I'm sure, over the course of this conversation. But as far as where they are sitting in the standings, they're in a great spot. It, it would take a total collapse for them to miss the playoffs at this point. Uh, to me, the win-loss record is better than what I expected. I did think that they would be a playoff team this year, but I didn't think that they would be uh, having 32 wins or I think I think it's 32 yeah. the first 50 games. So, uh, you know, they, they're winning a lot of games and they're winning in, in different ways. The one consistent thing has been the goaltender. Igor has obviously been outstanding to me. If I was voting today, he would get my Vesna Trophy vote. But the team itself, you know, they do – For all the flaws that we can talk about, they do have this knack for finding ways to win. And as far as the feeling around the team, and this year is obviously better than last year because last year it was only Zoom stuff. Now this year I'm back at the rink, I'm back on the road, not in the locker room, which I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hoping we will have next year, but, you know, and getting the chance to talk to the guys in person every day. And the vibes are very good. These guys have a lot of fun with each other. The locker room seems really tight-knit. And, you know, obviously winning helps with that, but I do think that they have a pretty good blend of veterans who are doing some good things as far as leadership, and then a lot of young guys who really seem pretty passionate about the game. So that kind of leads me into what I wanted to talk to you about, because it's it's obvious that there's a sense of a new culture this year with the Rangers, and, you know, a lot of that stems from a change in the coach and a change in the GM. But, you know, last year, we wouldn't necessarily see a guy like Alexi Lafreniere drop the gloves and fight and protect his teammates. I know he was just a rookie, but we're seeing that now on a pretty consistent level. And like you said, the Rangers just continue to find a way to win. But what makes this team different than teams you covered in the past? And what would you say their identity is right now? Because it's, it's kind of hard to figure this team out on an analytical level. So, you know, I, I guess for someone who watches them and covers them on a day-to-day basis, what would you say their identity is? Well, their identity, first and foremost, as we touched on at the beginning, is Igor. They, they have right. one of, if not the best goalie in the league right now. It reminds me a little bit. It's, it's different in some, in some ways that I'll touch on, but it reminds me a little bit of early on in Henrik Lundqvist's career, where they probably weren't as talented as a lot of the other top teams in the league, but they knew every night that their goalie would give them a chance to win, and that made them play with a lot of confidence. Now, the talent is different because there are high-end talents on this team. The way that I look at this team is you essentially have, I guess we could call it five stars. You've got Igor, you've got Panarin, you've got Mika Zibanejad, you've got Chris Kreider, and you've got Adam Fox. So they have high-end firepower that I feel like those five can match up with probably any five on any team in the league. The, the, The question beyond that is, number one, they're so young with the next guys in line. You know, we obviously Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco are at the top of that list. And those guys still aren't quite at the level where you feel like you'd be totally confident relying on them to play top six roles in the playoffs. The Rangers might need to do that. So development on those guys needs to be a priority. But even beyond that, like if you look at the state of their bottom six right now, there's not a whole lot of offensive punch. They do feel like they're tougher and they're grittier, which you guys touched on. They definitely seem to stand up for themselves a little bit more. And I do think that there is something to that that you can't always measure in staff. But the the priority at this trade deadline, if you really want them to have the best chance of success in the playoffs, I think needs to be adding at least one forward who can help balance that team out a little bit and give them a little more offensive punch, especially once you get beyond those star players that that we touched on. So we got a new driver 
for beeping at me right now. <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> so apologize. But um, it, it reminds me a little bit of early in Henrik Lundqvist's career where you felt like if this team was really going to go out and steal some, like he's capable of that so far. So I get a little bit of those vibes from this team as well. Yeah, and and I know just, just piggybacking a little bit about what you were saying to adding a forward, I know it's all smoke until it's fire, but one player who's come up a lot in trade talks for the Rangers and other teams as well has been Arturi Lekkonen on the Canadians. I know some fans are hesitant with uh, what the cost for him would look like, and he looks awesome in terms of analytics and his advanced stats, but how do you think a guy like that could come in and really help a playoff contending team like the Rangers if if we did acquire him? Well, well, he's a name that I've been hearing since I think about November, right around the time Sammy Blay got injured. Mm-hmm. I think that was a guy who the Rangers had some interest in, but he's not a top six guy. You know, he's right. not going to come in and really cure some of those offensive woes that we've touched on. You know, the, the big thing is five on five for the Rangers. Their power play has been outstanding. And that's because when you have their power play out there, those star players that we talked about, you can put the ball on the ice at the same time. But at five on five, the Rangers have not scored, especially if you compare them to the top teams in the division. The Rangers, I believe, averaged 1.8 goals per game at five mm-hmm. on five, whereas the Washington Capitals, who we're going to see tonight, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who we're going to see over the weekend, and then the Carolina Hurricanes, who to me are the best team in the division, those teams are all more like two and a half goals per game at five on five, or at least closer to that number. So Lekkinen, I think, especially you guys touched on the analytics, he's a well-rounded player. I think a player the Rangers would like as far as a 200-foot game and what he brings defensively. Might chip in a little bit of offense, but he would be a third-line guy. Right. So I, I don't know if he's, he's going to cure all those issues that, we, that we're talking about. But at the same time, I do look at him as a player who would be an upgrade over the guys they're currently using on the third line. So it, there could be a match there. The tricky thing with him is he's a restricted free agent this offseason. Yep. And as I'm sure you guys know, the Rangers have oodles of cap space right now. They can literally acquire anybody they want if they're only under contract for the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. But next season, their cap situation gets really tight, and they're going to need to sign a center, a, a top-six caliber center. They'd like to re-sign Ryan Strome, but even if it's somebody else, that's going to eat up a big chunk of the money that they do have to spend. And then Capo Caco is a guy that they re- have to resign, and they have a few other roster spots to fill. So getting somebody who they're going to have to pay beyond this season, while from a roster building perspective, that would be ideal because you'd rather, if you're going to give up assets, you'd rather get somebody who can help you for more than you know a couple months. But at the same time, they have to consider all of this, the salary cap stuff when they're thinking about players that would be on the roster next year. And Lekkonen, as a restricted free agent, I think he's making like two point something right now. So the question would be when he hits restricted free agency this summer, how much can you afford to pay him? The answer is not much. So that's the one complication with him. I think he would represent an upgrade on their third line, but I also don't know about the Rangers, their comfortability with keeping him on the roster next year, given all the other stuff that we talked about. So, The rental thing would be the simplest thing for them to do. It's just, is that the road they want to go down? Do they want to give up premium assets for a guy who might only be here for a couple months? I think that's the main question that Chris Jury is wrestling with right now. 
Well, I thought it's funny that you mentioned the five on five and their lack of scoring because that's obviously something that when I watch a Ranger game, you know, a couple nights a week, I'm rooting for a penalty to happen because I know chances are we're not going to score five on five. It's gotten to that point. But, you know, as someone who watches them day in, day out, and you see a lot of this talent, like you mentioned, Zibanejad, Panarin, Kreider, Fox, these four guys that can put the puck in the net. But then again, it's the regular season and you know sometimes you can get away with being a little fancier but what can those guys do to help fix this lack of five and five scoring because a guy like Panarin I mean when you watch him every single night he's a little hesitant to shoot the puck and every time he shoots he finds a way to score so you know you can say all these cliche things like get more pucks on net but for guys like them who love making plays and don't want to dump and chase the puck what can they do to help fix this five and five lack of scoring well I mean you touched on it and, and Gerard Gallant has repeatedly said it he wants them to simplify. He wants them to get pucks to the net, get to the blue paint, create traffic around the goalie, do the dirty things, and fewer, he calls them cute plays, which is kind yeah. of what you're talking about. Yeah, Going for the extra pass, make, you know, making the cross-ice pass when it's not necessary. He would rather them simplify, and I, I think that some of those guys that you touched on could maybe do a little bit more of that. Kreider obviously plays a pretty straightforward north-south simple game but Panarin and I think like a guy like Ryan Strom can be culprits sometimes where they opt for the extra pass instead of making the simple play and just shooting it or whatever it might be but you know I, I, don't, I don't know if I would take too much of the five on fo- five on five woes on that guy on those guys I think it's more about you know where does the rest of the scoring come from yeah. you know we, we mentioned Lafreniere and Kako Philip Heedle has not scored enough to really justify, you know, having a long, a long-term top nine role on this team as of yet. You know, they've been playing Julian Gauthier on the third line for most of the season, and he has been, he's had pretty much no production at all. So mm-hmm. they, they have these guys that are in their lineup right now that really just aren't scoring very much. So they're, as far as their forwards go, their fifth leading scorer, I believe, is Barclay Gaudreau, and that's not yeah. what I think a lot of people would have expected going into the season. So yeah. I don't blame it as much on the top-end guys as I do on the depth. But I do think that when you talk about ways they could generate more five-on-five offense, Gallant wants them to just play a simpler game. And I know like a, a, lot, of, a lot of people don't like hearing that. And Gallant has acknowledged that you can't tell a guy like Artemi Panarin to just, you know, play north south all the time and take away from his strength so you need to kind of let them have the freedom to do what makes them so good but at the same time the rangers might benefit in certain situations from just doing simple things like putting more pucks on net i know that's a cliche thing that you hear all the time but look at their look at their numbers their shots for per 60 are among the lowest in the league they don't generate a whole lot of shots on goal so i think a simple focus like that could maybe help them well, it's funny you say that too, because I think there's one guy that all of MSG is in agreement with. I know a lot of people love to yell at them to shoot the puck, but whenever Adam Fox has the puck on his stick, I don't think anyone's yelling him to shoot. You know, he always he's the best player in the league at finding that extra pass. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and that that's a perfect case of you know you can't ask a guy to do something that, that takes away from his strength. And Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin, for that matter, are probably two of the last guys in the entire league that you want to take away their playmaking and their vision and their passing mm. ability. Cause that's what they do so well. I Fox is a guy though. I think as you see him evolve, cause I watch him at practice every day. I do think that as you see him evolve, one of the things that he'll probably focus on as he gets older is improving that shot because yeah. he's such an elite passer and that's obviously his bread and butter. But as he gets older, you know, everybody picks little things on in, about their game that they might want to work on, and I feel like that will be a focus for him over the years. Is maybe 
becoming a little bit of a better shooter. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and Vince covering the Rangers for the past few years and getting to know this team, do you think the Rangers have some issues developing some of their forwards, uh, younger forwards compared to their defensemen? Because we've seen guys like Schneider, Jones, Miller slot right in and play some big minutes and, and kind of fit right in. But then some of our young stars like Lafreniere, Kako, even Heedle seem to be struggling, as we said earlier. And that leads me to the second portion where should we be concerned in any of our uh, young stud prospects like Othman or Cooley coming up as well? You know, I get asked that question a lot, and I know people don't like this answer, but especially with Lafreniere and Kako, and those are the, those are the two guys that I think are the most important pieces right. when you're talking about the young forwards. It's still to be determined with them. They, they didn't come into the league and pop right away the way that you would like to. Nobody would argue that. They, the Rangers need more scoring out of them to justify their draft positions. So if, if a couple of years down the line, they're still, you know, under half a point per game or around that number, then, yeah, I think that there would be some more legitimate gripes. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there, there is just this lack of patience that I get it, and, and it seems to come from a lot of fans who just want that instant gratification and always want the younger guys to play big minutes and be used in key situations. And I, I agree with that in a lot of instances. But look at this as an example. The Rangers went out and traded for Zibanejad and Ryan Strom when those guys were in like their mid-20s. Right. And I think a lot of people felt like at that point they weren't quite living up to where they were drafted. Now, what's happened since they got here? They've both blossomed. They've both become, in, in Mika's case, one of the best centers in the league. And in Strom's case, a legitimate top six center. When I don't think anybody thought that he was that when he was in Edmonton before the Rangers traded for him. So I think you could point to guys like that and say, well, the Rangers did a pretty good job of developing those guys. I don't think development only happens when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. Development is ongoing and can still happen when you're in your 20s. And, and those are instances where I think the Rangers went out, identified guys that they felt like had more potential than they were seeing in the places they were previously. And since they've got here, the Rangers have done a really good job of fostering an environment where those guys have shown dramatic improvement. So there are wins in situations like that, but absolutely. I think that there is valid criticism in particular, when you look at some of the top 10 picks that they frankly whiffed on Leah Anderson was completely turned into a disaster. And now Vitaly Krasov is the same thing. So I don't know if that's more about drafting. Like did the Rangers pick the right players in those spots? I think there's a very valid, valid argument to make that no, they did a poor job of identifying who to take with those premium picks. Now, maybe the development once they got here was an issue as well. And I definitely think that, especially in, in Anderson and Krasov's case, there have been communication issues. And, you know, something that I actually said on my podcast recently when I was asked this question is, it's on Chris Drury to improve that, to learn from those mistakes and make sure that there aren't these communication breakdowns and there aren't these whether it's, you know, guys not dealing well with disappointment or guys feeling like they weren't getting the opportunities that they should get. There needs to be a better job of getting everybody on the same page so that these guys, when they get sent to Hartford, don't react so poorly to it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that Drury needs to recognize that problem and improve on it. But Drury's also been in charge for less than a year. So I'm curious to see what changes he implements, where it goes from here. I think it's a little too soon 
to pass judgment on what he's going to do. And I think it's a little too soon to pass judgment on Kako and Lafreniere because both of those guys, neither of those guys has played a full 82-game NHL season yet. Mm -hmm. In Lafreniere's case, I think recently has been probably the best that he's played since he's been here. He's still not scoring a ton, but he did have a couple goals. He did have a couple goals right before the All-Star break. He's finally getting that opportunity to play on the top line that I know a lot of people, myself included, wanted to see him get. So let's see how he does with this opportunity for a while. You know, we can't we can't come to this overarching conclusion that the Rangers always botch the development on young forwards when you can point to guys like Mika and Ryan Strom and say, well, they did a pretty good job with those guys. And when, in my mind, the jury is still very much out with Lafreniere and Kako. Again, if, if we come back in a couple of years and we've still... I, I'm going to follow up, though, and chime in, if you don't mind, because I know, you, I mean, you just cut out a bit for yeah. all the listeners. All listeners listening, he cut out. I'm not interrupting him, just so everyone's clear. But, you know, it's, it's a good point that you make about the development because everyone says an NHL player doesn't hit their prime until they're 26. Like, we've seen a lot of, um, you know, positive regression, I would say, from Lafreniere, not as much Kako. But then again, you do have to remember these guys are just kids. They're like, you know, 20 and, and 19. I don't, I don't even know if that's the correct ages or 21 and 20. But, you know, the, like I, I watch Lafreniere. I'm not necessarily an analytical guy. I'm all eye test. And he's one of the prettiest skaters I've ever seen. And when he's confident, like he, he is literally noticeable every single shift. So I, I've actually have grown to love him a lot. And I know a lot of Ranger fans might disagree. But, you know, you watch him night in and night out. And I don't know if you're super analytical, but just your naked eye test. He, he's one of the prettiest skaters in the league. If You know, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Lafreniere? Yeah. <laughs> you don't think so? I kind of disagree. If I, I kind of disagree. That's, if I'm being that's totally fair. I, I, I that's think, totally fair. And, when, you know, I've had this, this conversation with scouts, even in the drafting process. And the one thing that came up with a lot of scouts was he's not a high-end skater. Now, that's something that people feel like you can improve on. But actually, you, you know, you bring up speed and skating. For, for me, that's actually an area where I think the Rangers are going to need to put some emphasis on moving forward because, you watch them play a team like the Hurricanes, who might be the fastest team in the league, right. and the Rangers just right. don't have a whole lot of those high-end skaters. They have a few. Chris Kreider is an excellent skater. Philip Heedle, Mika Zibanejad, Keandre, Keandre Miller, to me, yeah. as a defenseman, yeah. is like one of the, the, the prettiest skaters you're going to see. Agreed. But you know, there's, I don't see a whole lot of team speed up and down the lineup, and I do think that that's something that the Rangers – it doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but I would, let, I would think that they should – look to address more and add more in, in the coming year or two or whatever it might be. But I, I do agree with you that Lafreniere has been playing better recently, looks more confident. And honestly, if you're going to play him, a guy who we know that has that kind of talent on the line, the same line with Savannah Jad and Kreider for an extended run, like I'm talking at least 15, 20 games, I, I think it's only a matter of time before the points pick up. And again, Right before the All-Star break, I think two out of the last three games before the All-Star break, he had a, he had a goal. I think he's had a handful of high-quality scoring chances in the last couple of games since they came out of the break. So to me, he looks like the arrow is pointing in the right direction. But I, I do think that skating is something that he probably is focused on improving on moving forward because I do not see that as one of the strengths of his game right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and I have to agree with you on that, Vince, as well. Uh, I, I, see, <laughs> I, I, I see them play. Pile against, it on me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I see them play against teams like the Avs and, you know, the Knights, and they just look like they're skating circles around us, and it's hard to keep up. So I definitely agree that that would be 
an issue of focus as well. And the, the captaincy has kind of been the talk of the town for some time now. Uh, do you envision us naming a captain before the end of the season? And, you know, if not, I mean, how long do you think it would take until, until they go that route? I know Gallant and Drury kind of keep their cards close to their chest, but just curious on any insight you may have. Well, for the first part of your question, if they're going to do it anytime this season, the answer is definitely no. But beyond that, I'm kind of, I'm at the point where I feel like it's fruitless to even guess. You know, we, <laughs> I felt like this was going to be the year where they did it. Because yeah. Chris Drury told us that he would like to have a captain. But Gerard Gallant didn't see it as a big deal. He ultimately decided that he didn't want to do it. And honestly, I think the players kind of like it. I think they like not having all the pressure on one guy's shoulders. And, mm-hmm. and some people could look at that as a sign that they don't have a, a distinguished leader. But I do think that when you look at the current leadership group, especially Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, and Jacob Truba, and even Ryan Strom to a big degree. I think Strom is a kind of an underrated guy in that locker room yeah. who helps out a lot of the young guys yeah. and is definitely one of the more vocal guys. So I think that those guys each kind of have their own thing that they, that they do well. Like Mika and Kreider aren't big rah-rah kind of guys, but they're definitely lead-by-example guys. Especially right. Kreider, I think I think he's really good at delivering the right message, you know, whether it's in the locker room privately or through the media about playing the right way and relaying the message that the coach wants him to relay. And then Truba, I, I've heard multiple stories in the last year or two that he's really come out of his shell as a guy who, if someone needs to stand up at intermission and say, hey, we got to get our you-know-what together, Truba yeah. is the guy that has taken ownership on that. So I think they all have their roles that they play and no, no one guy feels too much pressure to always be the guy who, who, who does the leadership thing in any given moment. So the players honestly seem to like it. I, I don't think anybody has a problem with the way that it is right now. So I don't sense a whole lot of urgency for them to make that decision right away. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. And, and it's funny you say that. Uh, and also it's funny you mentioned Strom as well, because I did want to ask, have you heard, as of recent, anything in, in terms of the uh, Strom contract or could the Rangers potentially look externally and acquire someone else? I know they've been talking about JT Miller and Tomas Hurdle's names come up. And what do you think the long-term solution in that 2C could look like for us? Well, that is, to me, the number one question at the trade deadline. Like when everybody has all these conversations about who are they going to acquire? Is it going to be a rental? Is it going to be a guy who's under contract for multiple years? Strom is the biggest X factor in that conversation because if you're going to re-sign Ryan Strom, you're all, you're most likely going to have to look at rentals for the trade deadline. Right. If you're not right. gonna if you're not gonna re-sign Ryan Strom, then I think going for a guy, whether it be a JT Miller, and to be honest with you guys, from the beginning, I, I did. I'm not, I have heard that the Rangers had some interest, but I never sensed that it was quite as hot and heavy as some people maybe portrayed it to be. It's still a possibility, but I, I don't feel like anything on that front is, is necessarily likely at this point. So, but whether it be a Miller or Mark Sheffley or Sheffley, I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that. I'm sorry. The guy from the Winnipeg Jets, who I think is, is one of the, can, you know, can be a, a very legitimate top six center. Yeah. Um, I think a guy like like that or, you know, those type of guys, I think that if, if the Rangers got the impression from Ryan Strom's camp that he was likely going to test free agency and 
they might not have a great chance at re-signing him, then I think you would see them maybe lean more in that direction. But I wrote this and reported this, I think back in like November, that I had multiple sources make it pretty clear to me that Strom was interested in staying and the Rangers were interested in re-signing him. So I know that they have had contract extension talks during the season. Now it's dragged out a little while since I initially reported some of that stuff. So that tells me that it might be more likely that if they are going to come to an agreement, it's going to be in the summer. That could always change. Things could definitely heat up in the next few weeks. We saw that happen with Chris Kreider at the 2020 trade deadline where it came right. Those negotiations came right down to the wire and the Rangers, I believe, announced the, the signing on trade deadline day. So something like that could happen with Strom. I do feel like the Rangers would like to re-sign him for a couple reasons. The, the way that it was phrased to me is that when you look at the amount of cap space that they have for next season and you look at how they could solve that 2C dilemma, they, they, if they can get Ryan Strom to sign in the range that they're trying to get him to sign in, which I've been told is between 5 and $6 million per year, they, they want to land somewhere in that range. They don't think that they're going to find a second-line center at that price point who's better than Strom. You know, if you go into free agency and you want to bid on a guy like, let's say, Tomas Hurdle, he's going to cost you, I think, more than $6 million a year. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so that's kind of where they stand with that. I think they would like to re-sign Strom because they love what he brings to the team. They love his chemistry with Artemi Panarin. He's been super productive since he's been here. And – they think that they hope that because he loves being here so much that the, he, they might get him for a slightly lower number than he would get if he hits free agency. Because if he hits free agency, there's a pretty good chance he's going to end up going for over six million dollars a year too. Right. So I think that is that, that's kind of the big question for the Rangers as we look at this trade deadline: is do they feel confident about their chances of getting Strom re-signed at their number, or do they think that? that he wants to go higher than the number that they're offering and, and they might have to move on because if they have to move on, then they really have to do some, some work to try to figure out who his replacement is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that all makes sense. And I, I guess it's, it's all going to lead up to this March 21st deadline because they're going to have to make decisions. So it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I, I think the last question for me before Johnny wants to add any others is, so I know you're a big foodie, uh, so I wanted to uh, throw in a, a little food question for you. If you're stuck on an island and you're only allowed to have one set of ingredients for one meal to take with you, what dish are you making on there? Oh, my God. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> I like too much stuff, man. I'm like, I, I, I'm, a, as you said, I'm a big foodie and I like, I like pretty much everything. I'm the kind of guy who like it's constant. I don't have like the same meal every Monday, Tuesday, you know, it's something yeah. different every week. I, I really like to mix things up. I like to try new recipes. I like to try new restaurants, especially on the road. When I'm traveling with the team, I'm always looking for good places to eat and looking for stuff that's kind of locally sourced and, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. But if I had to pick ingredients for one meal, and this is just because it's nostalgic. It's what I grew up on. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard me talk about this before. And a lot of the Italians out there will, will relate the one I, I, now me as an adult, I cook different stuff all the time. I don't have any set meals for any days of the week, but when I grew up every Sunday, my mother would make the big pot of gravy with the homemade meatballs and sausage and, and the brajol and okay. the, the bits of pork and all that stuff. And we would eat it every Sunday for dinner. 
and she would make enough that we would also have leftovers to have on Wednesday for dinner. <laughs> so right. if I was going to have one meal, like ingredients for one meal, I would probably want the tomatoes and the meat and the garlic and, and the, you know, the Parmesan cheese and all that stuff that I would need to make that meal. Love that. Love that. My question is a little bit more of the opposite. I know, uh, I don't know if you're a big TikTok guy, but I know the NHL just signed a partnership with TikTok. If you had to pick one guy in the league, not just the Rangers, do you think we're going to see somewhat of a Juju Smith-Schuster kind of fiasco where there's one villain, a guy who's making TikToks and road arenas before games and stuff like that? I don't know, just to make the game a little more fun. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> first off, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not on TikTok. So, uh-huh. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm obviously very active on Twitter. I do Instagram. I've kind of shied a, a little bit. I do, like, I check Instagram. I don't post on there probably as much as I should. Yeah. I've kind of shied away from Facebook for the most part, although we do put our stories on Facebook. Um, but TikTok, I don't have a whole lot of experience with, if I'm being honest with you. And like, totally fair. I don't know. I, I do think the NHL should should be more active and could do a better job of marketing itself through social media. I absolutely think that they need to do more of that. Yeah. But like, I don't know, does the player come to mind who, as far as Rangers, I think the most personable guy and kind of the funniest jokester guy would probably be Strom. I think he would be pretty good at stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's, he's probably the best on camera, I would say. But I don't know. Around the league, I'd have to think about that a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think, don't know why. You know, the, do, you, do you have a name that comes to mind? I don't have one, honestly. But the the, Re, the Revo Super Bowl thing was pretty funny, too. I, lo- oh, I love Reeves. when players are like on the mic. Yeah, actually, Reeves, I should mention, too. Reeves, is, Reeves would be really good. Him and Strom, I would say, together, like, those are probably the two best guys as far as, you know, just being funny. And, and I always hear about them kind of pranking guys in the locker room, and you see it at practice. And they're always funny and, and really uh, insightful and informative yeah. and good talkers when we get a chance to talk to them. So Reeves is funny, man. Reeves is a really cool dude. Yeah, he's a guy I'd love to grab a beer with. That's for sure. <laughs> he, I, I he think has he a beer company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I'd love to grab one with him. <laughs> Actually, great. when we were in Vegas, everybody, like somebody mentioned it. I didn't even know it. Somebody told me when we were out in Vegas. And I actually, in the hotel bar, I tried to get one and they didn't have it. But I want to try them. I do want to try that beer. They should sell them at the Garden. I don't know why they don't. I'd rather get that than a Stella. Yeah, he should. He should. I mean, he should work on that. I don't think they sell it in the guards, but if I were him, I'd be, I'd be asking about it. For sure. Yeah, sick. All right. Well, Vince, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, is there anything you wanted to plug before you, uh, you headed out? Uh, no, I mean, you guys, hopefully you guys know where to find me. Uh, you know, <laughs> all my stuff, all my stuff is obviously on Twitter and, uh, you know, loha.com and northjersey.com and all those all those good USA Today properties. So uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check out. I got a lot of this time of year. I feel like more than ever, I'm just constantly working on different stories. And you know, we have at least one or two coming out every day, and the trade deadline's coming up, and then the playoffs. So we should have a lot of cool coverage for you guys coming up in the next couple months. Awesome. Yeah. Anyone who knows us definitely knows you. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. And, and they're great, and uh, we really appreciate it again. Thanks so much. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. And sorry again for the delay, but glad we made it happen. Yeah, we're happy we were able to squeeze you into our schedule. <laughs> yeah, sorry for all the honking. I'm on, I'm on the West Side Highway right now. So. <laughs> You're good. All right, take Thanks, care. Thanks, Vince. All right, guys, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.